case you don't know me, I'm Tammy Nall. I'm the student director here at the church. I have the amazing privilege of wrangling in a lot of teenagers and our pastor on most days when we do things together. So in case you haven't noticed, you know, he is a kid at heart, which is so supportive to this ministry that I do. So this morning, I have the unique opportunity to talk to you about something that's kind of very important to me. It's something when I was in middle school, I started really noticing about my peers and about other people in this world. If the world hates you, change until they love you. Hmm. Is that what Jesus said? We all have things we don't like about ourselves. Maybe it's your hair. Maybe it's your weight. Maybe it's your clothes. Maybe it's your feet. I mean, we sure can critique ourselves enough, right, on our own. But how do we get there? How did we get to where we critique ourselves so hard? So often, it's the world and the views and inputs they put on us. So often, that's what happens. What about our thinking? What about our beliefs and our faith? So often I'm being hit and told that, well, you must accept what other people people say and how other people are. You must accept that. So often I'm hit with that, and you must understand where someone's coming from. You're too stiff with what you think is right. John 15, 19 says, If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of this world. That is why the world hates you. You see, when believers, when we don't join in on the worldly sins, what the world says is right, what the world says is how we are to be, they hate us. They make fun of us. They call us one-way thinkers. The only one way is your way, right? That's what happens. We've all experienced that. And I see it with our kids and teens more now than when I was a kid and teen. You should think like I do, is what the world tells us. Sometimes they make fun of us. You see, choosing to honor God, it puts a light on sin that they don't want to have on them. It lights it up. It makes it seen for sin. These are Jesus' words here. Those red letters. Words, and they are meant to reassure us, as Christ followers, that persecution is going to happen. Being made fun of for your faith, be ready for it. It's going to happen. Choosing to honor God. The persecution we deal with, it identifies us with him. I mean, let's get real. Did people turn their back on Jesus? Did people make fun of Jesus? Did he suffer and be persecuted? Beyond what any of us in this room can think about. Way more than what we will ever deal with, Jesus dealt with. It identifies us with him when we go through things. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. First Peter 2, 9. The idea of being called out by God as separate people 
chosen for something more. We are chosen for more than what the world can offer to us. We are chosen by God. We are his special people. We are to shine as light into this world. And most often when we do, it's offensive. How many times do you hear? Be careful what you say. Told Ann and Andy, are you sure this is what you want me to talk about today? (laughs) Be careful what you say. Because you might offend somebody. Y'all, I gave that up a long time ago. And if you ever work with students, you learn real quick not to back down. And you don't worry about who you offend. We'll see eye. We don't always see eye to eye. And that's okay. We are in a world, but we are not to be of this world. Pastor Ann talked about that last week. We're in this world, but this isn't where we belong. This is not my home. When things get tough, we need to remember who we are and whose we are. We are sons and daughters of the king. It's real easy, right? (laughs) Wish. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. You see, we are given what we need. We are given the spirit of power. We are given the spirit of love and self-confidence. So Timothy here is not ashamed. Timothy is not ashamed of the testimony of the Lord or the gospel. Timothy was also not ashamed of Paul and his imprisonment. Certainly, some believers would say they didn't know him. He's in prison. He's a Christian leader and he got arrested. This is a natural tendency for all of us. So often, when others are persecuted, we're hoping to avoid that situation, right? Timothy was told, don't fall into that temptation, Don't fall into that. Don't fall into the thinking of the world. What do we do when people are persecuted? Most often we run and hide. I said we. Most often we don't want to be associated with that person. We don't want the opportunity to speak up and say that this person is being treated wrong because of what they believe. We don't want to be associated with them. But you see, rather than being ashamed, that's not what Timothy did here. Timothy welcomed the opportunity to stand with his persecuted brother. He took the power that he had, and it would help him endure the suffering, endure the persecution, because he knew he was called to spread the gospel. And God gave him everything that he needed. So the world doesn't love us. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We know we have power in suffering, but we're made fun of. We are told that what we believe isn't right. We are told to change who we are so we'll fit in and the world will love us. We are told to agree and say things are okay that the world believes. Okay, guess what? Jesus never said that. Matthew 5 13 through 16. This is what Jesus said. 
You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, so if I was to ask any of my students, what does salty mean? They would tell you that it's a slang. They use it a lot. Being salty, I hear it all the time. Salty to a teenager is upset or bitter, having an attitude. And that's typically they're using it against each other in like gaming forums. Or they're using it in different things that they do in school. On October 24th, 2007, an entry on the term was submitted to the Urban Dictionary. The author describes it as having originated in Philadelphia. Where it was defined as looking stupid. Mm -hmm. Because of something you did. The teens will tell you, that's salty. I'm, I'm salty a lot. But, I would argue with you that actually, Jesus is the one that came up with this phrase. And I'd like to change that slang in my teen's mouth. Allow me to paraphrase this verse for you. And this is the Tammy Nall version. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavor of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You lose your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Hmm. Let me be very clear with you this morning. I am not anyone's judge and jury. That is not my job. Praise be to God, it is his. And I answer for nothing of how someone else lives. How they choose to love. How they are, period. However, let me make sure you understand. I also don't have to agree. With what I'm told outside these doors, in the school setting, in the world setting, in the teen setting, so often. I believe God's word is the infallible word of God. And I will do my best. And I'll be the first to tell you, I fail monumentally at living out God's word. But I will live my life according to that infallible word of God. I will also follow Jesus' example. You see, here's what we don't always get. The world hates you. Change until they love you. <laughs> he said be salty. Show people who he is. And do it how he did it. He wasn't nasty to people. He wasn't out shoving himself in people's faces. He loved people. But Jesus was very clear. I will love you but I don't love your sin. I don't have to agree with you. Now let me say that one more time. 
I do not have to agree with you. We don't have to agree. Remember, I don't answer how you live or how you believe. But I will answer to God on how I treat you. And guess what? You're going to answer for that too. You're going to answer to God how you treat people in this world. And how you act. You think I'm a little salty? One of my life goals is to be so salty that people have to figure out how to quench that thirst. And you know what that quench is? It's Jesus Christ. Let us be that salty. Everyone uses salt, whether it's directly or indirectly. Jesus is basically saying to you, be salty in this world that doesn't want you to be. Be salty. Don't become garbage. And only you know what that looks like for you. Maybe you need to stand up for what you know is right. Maybe it means the words you speak need to be filled with things that Jesus would want you to say and how he would want you to say them. That's the part we miss. Maybe we need to take less time on the internet, social media, trying to show off, maybe get attention or prove a point, and open God's word and see how we are to live. So often, I have teens that come to me, but I saw this on the internet, it's got to be true. I mean, everything you read on Google's true, right? <laughs> yeah, everything you read on social media about somebody's life is true, right? It's what we want people to see. I posted pictures of my son who is graduating this year, and I'm proud of him. Yes, I'm showing him off, but that's what we do on social media, We show off. We show the good stuff. We show the pretty pictures. Maybe you need to stop throwing yourself pity parties over and over again and see what God may be trying to teach you. I tell teens that all the time. When are you going to take a step forward and quit going 15 back? And when you take one forward, why are you going back there again? God says he forgives us and moves on. Why can't you? That's what we need to do. Yeah, I'm salty. I own it. Here's the thing. We don't have to be preachy. We just don't. Think about what it would be like if to those people that disagree with us and are so busy trying to prove their point, if instead of us justifying like they're trying to justify, we replied with truth, with love, with kindness, with mercy. We gave them a little grace and forgiveness into the hurt, rudeness, and ruthless of this world. You see, again, I will love you regardless because Jesus loves me regardless. And I can completely disagree with you. Can you say the same about people around you? People that are so hard to tell you what you believe is wrong. Instead of justifying, are we living it out? Instead of justifying, are we showing love and kindness? Are we showing them why Jesus is who he is to us?
So often I find loving someone who doesn't believe what I believe doesn't mean they love me back. (laughs) I have been known to start Facebook wars because I made the comment I shouldn't have made. And my husband comes to me and goes, really, why did you do that? (laughs) Okay, I'll delete it maybe. But you see, it's just not the agree to disagree. It doesn't always go both ways. So how do we reply to that? When they still don't like us, I'm going to love you anyway. I cannot tell you how many conversations I have had with teenagers who know what they believe is 100% correct at 14 years of age. Mm -hmm. They know without a shadow of a doubt. They are right and I am wrong. But when I look these teens in the face like I would look any of you, and I have a joke that I don't talk to adults a lot, but um, when I talk to them or you, I'm going to love you anyway, even if we don't agree. Remember that? I don't have to answer for you. I have to answer for how I treat you. Calling someone out in sin, telling that I love them, but I don't love the sin. Sometimes I'm too busy myself even trying to justify. You ever been on the holy roller train and trying to justify it all with scripture and spitting it out as fast as you can and trying to convert that person to your side? Yeah, I've done it too. It doesn't work well. Because what do you see happen? They gloss over. All they're going to throw at you is, I don't agree. And they shut down. Jesus is saying be salty. But by his definition of the word, this doesn't give any of us the okay to be rude, ugly, or nasty to each other. Was Jesus? Mm-mm. It doesn't give us permission to put someone down to the point of no self-worth. And I'm seeing that happening more often than not. I'm seeing more often than not, instead of loving that person, they are devalued. Guys, they're still sons and daughters of God. Even if they don't believe what we believe. We are to show them who Jesus is. So they want it. And they want to see him. And they want to live for him. Now the second part of this verse. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Were any of you ever afraid of dark as a kid? Have you ever stopped and asked and wondered why kids are scared of the dark? You know, I love camping. But guess what? It's dark when we go camping. There are very few street lights at a campground. They're usually up by the bathhouse, which is a long way from where we're camping. And I have this cute little dog named Molly, and Molly always, never fails, has to go to the bathroom before we go to bed. So here I go, putting her on her leash, and we go out of the camper, and we walk up the street. Oh, let me hear something in the woods. I'm going to be walking very quickly back to that camper, as fast as I can with the dog, and I don't care if she used the bathroom or not. We're going back. Because the dark can be scary. Because you can't see. See, the world's a scary place. For most of us, it is. I think for all of us, if we're honest. The fear of the unknown. But sometimes, the fear of the known can just be as scary. The world 
can seem like such a dark place. And if you talk to each person in this room, we've all had a time where we had some darkness. We've all had a time where it's like you just couldn't see that light. In this verse, Jesus told the disciples to shine. And his words are true for us. Shine so others see the light of God. If this room right now was pitch black, there were no lights on, all the windows were covered, and it was dark. You see that candle sitting in front of me that symbolizes Jesus' light? Even in the darkest, darkest of room, that light you're going to be able to see, aren't you? Jesus agrees that the world is a dark place with pain and hurt and loneliness and put your and in there. Fill in that word. Jesus agrees that the world is dark with pain and hurt and loneliness and. Where are you this morning? What are you dealing with? What have you not let go and taken some steps forward? What are you still holding on to so tight? Because you're scared to let it go maybe. Because it kind of defines who you are. Here is the amazing thing. Jesus is sharing with us because we accept the light that he gives us. We are the light of the world. He is in us. We are to shine. We shine the light of Jesus or we should be shining the light of Jesus. And the love of Jesus in the middle of pain, in the middle of disappointment, in the middle of your life blowing up, we should still shine. Do you know how the story ends? When you take your last breath, do you know how the story ends? Regardless of what we go through, that doesn't change. Your ending story when you take your last breath here doesn't change. That's why we shine. That's why we shine through disappointment. That's why we shine through all the hurt and the craziness of this world. There's an old song by a group by Truth. That the lyrics of that says, smile and the world will wonder why. Hmm. When your life blows up, smile. When you're hurting, smile. Why? Because you know who's inside of you and you know who's got your back. We don't need another reason. Is it easy? No. In our trouble and our pain, how are we shining? You see, our faith, when something hits... What do we use it for? Do we take that pain? Do we take that disappointment? Do we take everything that's happened? And do we pity party it? I tell my students, you can pity party for five minutes. Let's move on. Let's move on. Pains are hard. People who hurt you are hard. Things that happen to us are hard. But because we know how the story ends, because we know who is inside of us, we can shine. Sometimes our light allows others to see it. Now, can we fix every situation for everybody? Nope. Sometimes people refuse to allow the light in. Don't start justifying your side. Sometimes they just refuse. They push it out and they stay in their hurt. Just keep letting it shine anyway. But what we can do is just shine Jesus' light through our actions Start where we are, even to those hurting, even to those not letting go, even to yourself. The light 
even the smallest in the darkest room can't be put out. So start somewhere. Think about this. Where is the darkness around you right now? Where is it? What would it look like if you decided to shine in that situation instead? It doesn't have to be complicated. Remember, smile, and the world will wonder why. Shine the light Christ put inside of you. When we really let the light of Christ into our own lives, it leaks out without us trying. Shining becomes who you are. We all know this song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We've seen the kids, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. And what do the kids yell? No, I'm going to let it shine. I won't let Satan blow it out because I'm going to let it shine. Is that who we are? That preschool song? Or are we going to hide it? Are we going to run? Are we going to turn our back? Or are we going to hold that light high? At Christmas, it's one of my favorite times of the year. And I love the candlelight services. And at the candlelight services, what happens? The pastor from the Jesus candle lights his candle. And then he steps forward and he lights candles here. And they take their candles and they're lighting each other's. So I have a question for you. Is this candle dim because we shared it with everybody else? When you get your candle at the end of your row and you light the person next to you, does your candle go dim? No. It doesn't. We're that light. We took Jesus' light and we passed it to each other. And what happens in the room? It becomes something all of us always say, oh, it's beautiful. It's lit. It's beautiful. And that's Jesus' light. What more of an example do we need of knowing that if we pass our light, if we give our light, if we don't hide it, that it becomes something for someone else? The world hates you. So change until they love you. (laughs) Jesus never said that. What Jesus said, focus on being salty. It's okay to have a little attitude. Just a little. I tell the teens, watch it. But focus on being salty. Focus on being a light. Make it so people are so thirsty for what you have that they have to get quenched. And the only thing that can do that is Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for who you are, the opportunities you give. Being salt and light is hard. So often I find myself wanting to justify why I don't agree. I'm really talking to myself this morning as I am to anyone else. Sometimes I feel like the darkness is just going to overwhelm. But if I will focus on the light, and if I will take the opportunity to give that light to someone else, understanding that I am not giving anything away that I don't get to keep, I'm sharing it so others can be just as bright. I thank you for saltiness. I thank you for Timothy. I thank you for the example 
that he showed us of not running and hiding, Timothy took an opportunity to stand next to people being persecuted. He took an opportunity to open up and be there and share that gospel. Let us be those people. There are so many people in this world, God, that we don't agree with. Whether it's political, whether it's how someone else lives. But God, let us respond to these people the way Jesus responds to people. With love. With mercy. With forgiveness. We don't say the sin's okay, but we love them anyway. In your name I pray. Amen.